Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Take your Bibles, if you would please, and open up to 2 Corinthians. The key for us when it comes to the Holy Spirit is not that we get more of the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit gets more of us. Amen? Right, and that's what the Bible says. When we come to ask the Lord to be able to uh, see His glory and His presence and be overcome by that, it's not that we receive more of the Holy Spirit. It's that the Holy Spirit receives more of us as believers. What does that mean? It means that we're more surrendered to Him. We've given our life over to Him. Uh, When we get saved, we get all the Holy Spirit that we're going to get. Okay? But... As the song says there, that we want the presence of God to be able to fill this place, we've got to be surrendered unto God. If we truly long for God, we want to be surrendered unto Him. And uh, thank you, uh, singers, for singing that and and for leading us. I like the new song. That was a good new song, and thankful for that. And uh, just thankful for everybody that's here this morning. And this month has been our tradition for many, many years, is our stewardship month. And uh, we're going to be talking about our giving. I'm going to focus this month's stewardship primarily on our giving, giving unto the Lord. I've entitled this message, very simply, God wants you to give. God wants you to give. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about the person in front of you. Don't worry about the person behind you. God wants you to give. You say, well, Pastor, I already give. Well, wait a second. We've got to get into the message. Remember, we just said that if we want more of the Holy Spirit, we use that term, we want more of the Holy Spirit. I understand what we mean. That means that we're going to give more of ourself to the Lord. And God wants all of us to give. This morning, I want us to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16 to verse 15. I mean, verse 6, I'm sorry, to verse 15. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and following. Paul speaking here to the church of Corinth, it was a carnal church. It was a church that tolerated incest. It was a church that was divided. It was a church that no pastor would want their church to be modeled after. And Paul is writing unto them because there were some problems. And one of the things that he writes to them about is giving. He says in verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth 
in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work as it is written. He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by the many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your profess subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal dis- distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to open up your word and be able to minister your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning as we look at the biblical principles of stewardship, of giving of our finances unto you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to be a generous church. Let us be a generous people, laying up treasures in heaven. We ask you for it. We love you, Lord, and thank you for your word. Thank you for the service to this point. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, usually when a pastor mentions giving, the first thing people do is look at their watch and say, okay, how long am I going to have to endure this, right? But really, the word of God talks to us about giving And if it wasn't important to God, he would not have included it in his word. This is a part of spiritual growth. This is a part of spiritual maturity and growing in Christ. You ever thought about how much we trust humans? It's actually amazing to think how much we actually trust other humans that we don't even know. I mean, when was the last time that when you went to a doctor, hey, Rich, can I get a handheld mic? Because this, this is really, uh, it just keeps, if you got yours or something, I'm going to shut this thing off and get a handheld mic because I keep breathing into it. It's annoying me, and I'm sure it's annoying you. Um, when was the last time that you went to the doctors and you asked him or her before you... Um, were examined, could I please see all your credentials? Could I see your grades? I mean, wouldn't you want a a doctor to, uh, uh, wouldn't you want the the best doctor? I mean, we just go to a doctor, and the doctor could have just barely passed, and he's working on you. If I'm getting surgery, I don't want a doctor that just barely passed on how to take out my appendix. I want a 4.0 doctor. 
But, but we, we just trust them. Yeah, come on up. Thanks. We on? All right, great. We, ju- we just trust them, don't we? We don't think twice about it. When was the last time you got on an airplane and you asked to see the pilot's license? I've never done that. And some I should have. <laughs> what am I talking Just trust me. When Buy a car. Do you ask the car salesman to see his... Well, maybe that's not a very good example, okay? But you get the point, right? We just trust people. I mean, we don't even know them. And the point is that in many instances, we trust humans that we don't even know more than a God that we do know. A church member was having trouble with the concept of tithing. And one day he revealed his doubts to his pastor. He said, Pastor, I just don't see how I can give 10% of my income to the church when I can't even keep up on my bills. The the pastor replied, he said, John, if I promise to make up the difference in your bills, if you should fall short, Do you think that you could try tithing for just one month? After a moment's pause, John responded, Sure, if you promise to make up any shortages, I guess I could try tithing for one month. Now, what do you think of that? Mused the pastor. You say you'd be willing to put your trust in a mere man like myself who possesses so little materially but you couldn't trust your heavenly Father who owns the whole universe. Next Sunday, John gave his tithe and has been doing so faithfully ever since. See, what I want you to consider over this next month is not just your tithe, because I know many of you do tithe. But for those who don't tithe, I would ask that you become obedient unto God and tithe. We're going to talk about what the tithe is, and I'm going to share that with you. And those who do tithe, that's just the starting point for a believer. I want to ask you to increase your tithe. You say, Pastor, don't you realize what we've just come through? I do. Pastor, I haven't gotten a raise in two years. Okay? That's never bothered God. And God can provide. You say, Pastor, I'm on a limited income. I'm on Social Security. or I'm limited in my income. That doesn't bother God either. See, I think that we're more willing to trust humans than we are God. And this morning, this is what I want you to remember. To give 
unto God is part of living God's way. See, we're either going to trust humans and live our way, or we're going to trust God and live His way. Living God's way will always, listen now, living God's way will always bring blessings. Thank you very much. I, I, I knew that this month was going to be very quiet in the church. But what I find interesting, if I started mentioning your political candidate, man, there would be amens. Or if I started preaching on some specific sin, there would be hooting and hop. Yeah, preach it, pastor, preach it. Yeah, get the... But when it comes to giving, why wouldn't we be just as engaged? See, because giving is not about money. It's about your heart. It always has been, and it always will be. I want you to take this home with you this morning, throughout the week, because this can apply to any area of your life. Living God's way will always bring blessing. I want to give you three truths that's going to, that will help you when it comes to giving and living God's way. First, number one, giving starts with your attitude. Giving starts with your attitude. It doesn't start with your checkbook. It starts with your attitude. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, the Bible says this, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. In verse 15, the Bible says, Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. See, if giving starts with your attitude, you might want to write this down, letter A, your heart must be right with God. Your heart must be right with God. And let me ask you this. I'm going to get more pointed. Is your heart right with God in the area of giving? You say, well, what do you mean? Do you give out of duty? Do you give out of guilt? Do you give out of obligation? See, if you're giving out of duty, if you're giving out of guilt, if you're giving out of obligation, guess what? Your heart is not right with God. See, when it comes to our giving, it should not be, oh, I've got to do this. It ought to be, I get to do this. My mom's mom... We called her Mimi. Um, Her husband died when my mom was seven years old. She never remarried, and she raised three kids on Social Security. And she was so poor. They were so poor that they would actually, when they found out if there was an apartment open across the street that was cheaper rent, they would move there. She didn't own anything. 
She sold her wedding ring to put food on the table. She would sell furniture to be able to put food on the table. But let me tell you something. She was a tither and a giver. And she never wanted, never missed a meal, never was behind on her bills, never. God always provided for her. Why? Her heart was right. She did not give out of duty. She did not give out of obligation or guilt. Or, or is this your heart this morning? That when you give, you give out of delight. You give out of obedience. I am being obedient unto my heavenly Father. You give out of generosity. You give out of faith. You give out of love. You give out of thankfulness. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. See, you and I should be giving from a willing and grateful heart. There is to be an appreciation for what God has given to us in Christ. Now think about it, friends. God's attitude in sending his son was not out of obligation. God did not send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins out of obligation. It wasn't out of duty, but it was out of love. It was out of generosity. It was out of kindness. It was out of tenderness. It was out of mercy. It was out of grace. See, God loved us enough to send his one and only son to die in our place for our sins. The Bible tells us in John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world... It doesn't say, for God so was obligated to the world. It doesn't say that God uh, uh, grudgingly sent his son. It says, no, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, the attitude, now listen, the attitude of the heart of the believer in giving should be reflective of the attitude of, of God when he gave Jesus. The attitude of the heart of the believer in giving should be reflective of the attitude of God when he gave Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8. Take a look there if you would. 2 Corinthians 8, 8. He says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove, what? He's talking about giving here. The sincerity of, of your love. When your heart is right with God, your giving proves the sincerity of your love. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, take a look there. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. For God appreciates God really likes. No. It says God loveth. He loves a cheerful giver. Not only when it comes to your attitude must your heart be right, but let her be. Your giving must be pure. Your giving must be pure. What I'm talking about is the motive of your heart. The motive of your heart. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. Your liberal 
distribution unto them and unto all men. Isn't it amazing that many, so many Christians, so many Christians, not all Christians, but so many Christians are conservative when it comes to their giving. And God says we ought to be liberal when it comes to our giving. See, these believers right here, their motive was pure in giving. I know that because they glorified God in what they gave. See, you and I, when we give, folks, we are not to give to impress others. You are to give, and I am to give to be able to please the Lord. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, because in Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, we find that Jesus addresses giving. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, Take heed that, you do not, that ye do not your alms before men. He's saying, don't, don't show other men what you're giving to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Jesus is telling us that our motive in giving is to be pure, and it's only to be seen of God himself. Financial wealth should not be used to influence people or to gain power over people or to control people. Proverbs talks to us about it. But financial wealth should be used to help fund the work of God. Proverbs talks to us about not using wealth to control others. In Proverbs 9, 4, uh, 19, 4, the Bible says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. In verse 6 of that same chapter, Many will entreat the favor of princes, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. So when you're talking about the giving starts with your attitude, your heart must be right. Your giving must be pure. Your giving reflects, letter C, your giving reflects, here you go, your surrender. Let's get it right out there this morning, folks. Listen. Here you go. Look up here. Everybody, look up here. God does not need your money. You got that? God does not need your money. You're not helping God out by giving to him. Guess what? If everybody in here decided, I'm not giving to this church anymore. If God wanted this church to continue on, it would continue on. So then if God doesn't need our money, what is it all about? Well, let's take a look first at 1 Chronicles uh, 29, verses 11 and 12. 1 Chronicles 29 and 11, 12, because your giving reflects your surrender. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. What, what is being said there is that God owns it all. 
So then if God does not need our money, then what is the issue of giving? It's our hearts. If God has your heart, guess what? Listen to this. Look up here one more time. If God has your heart, he'll have your checkbook too. If God has your heart, he'll have your checkbook. See, God wants you. In 2 Corinthians 8, 5, it says, And they did this, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So giving God's way starts with your attitude. Number two, the second truth, not only starts with your attitude, but giving is sustained procedurally. There's a procedure to giving. Giving is sustained procedurally. This answers the question of, well then, pastor, how should we give? If I'm going to be obedient unto God and I'm going to give, and I, I'm going, if I'm, I'm, I'm not tithing, Pastor, now, but I'm going to start tithing. Or I'm tithing, but I'm going to increase my tithe. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. But how should I do this? Well, take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2 because we see here that your giving is to be systematic. Your giving is to be systematic. Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now, there's going to be those there, and I'll get into tithing and, and those type of things over the next few weeks. Oh, see, it doesn't talk anything about tithing there. It talks about prospering him. Well, we're going to learn some things about tithing, but tithing, that's the baseline. You have to have somewhere to start, and it's with the tithe. There will be those who say, oh, well, tithing is underneath the law. No, it's not. You don't know your scripture too well. It's not. It's before the law. It's during the law. It's after the law. And it's also mentioned in the book of Hebrews as well. It's under grace. Our giving is to be systematic. So what is it? It's the first day of the week. What's that? The first day of the week is, is Sunday. Every Sunday, you and I should be giving of our tithes and our offerings unto the Lord. One of the things that this shows us is the orderliness of God. That's part of his character. And he's saying this is something that should be systematic in your life. This is something that you should have a procedure for in your life. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. And I would think that that would include our giving. See, our giving should not be sporadic. Our giving should not be, well, I've got it this month, but I don't got it. I didn't have it last month. That's not the way it should be. If we are, to, uh, if we are going to live God's way and, and have his blessing upon our life, we need to do it God's way. God has a specific order in the way that he wants things done. But not only should your giving be systematic, but your giving should be sacrificial. 
It should be sacrificial. That's why this is more than 10%. Take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. How then a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Now, wait a second. Stop right there. That does not make much sense to us. When we think about being, people being in deep poverty, we don't think about them being liberal givers. When you hear about someone being in deep poverty, what's our first response? Our first response would be, well, they need to keep as much as they can because they're in deep poverty. That's not what Scripture says right there. It doesn't even say that they were conservative. This is in their deep poverty. They were conservative with their giving. No, it says in their deep poverty, they were liberal with their giving. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 11, if you will. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there, as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. See, giving is to be sacrificial. And I believe for most of us, for most American Christians, that would mean more than the tithe. That would mean more than the tithe. See, the more you and I make... Listen now, the more you and I make, the more we should give. By the way, did everybody get their uh, $600 yet? Mine's been deposited, well, it says pending on my, my account. And, and we're supposed to get another $1,400? That's income, folks. That'll be tithed off of. All God's people said, thank you. It should be tithed off of. God didn't have to allow that to happen, but he did. I got my own feelings towards that. We won't get into that. Maybe I'll save that for 4th of July or something like that, you know, patriotic message. <laughs> I'll just put it this way. It ought to really be given to those who really, really need it. Now, I'm going to take it because they're going to tax me on it eventually, Okay. But thanks, thank the Lord, I, I wasn't out of work. You said, Pastor, you haven't started working. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand that. That's why I'm a pastor. I only work one day a week, and praise God. Jealous heart, keep on beating, you know. <laughs> but folks, that's income. That should be tithed off of. That should help Open Bible Baptist Church right here. See, the more you and I make, the more we should give. But you know what? Most of the time what we do, the more we make, the higher we increase our standard of living. I'm not saying it's wrong to increase our standard of living. But what's the first thing we think of when we get a raise? Oh, now I can get this. Shouldn't it be, well, now I get to give more. It's getting quiet in here. You're giving, thirdly, when it comes to being uh, giving is sustained procedurally. Your giving is to be systematic. Your giving is to be sacrificial. Letter C, your giving should be by faith. 
It should be by faith. So not only is it to be on the first day of the week, not only is it to be sacrificial, but it's to be by faith. Giving to God is a step of faith. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. When we give to God, it says, I am trusting God with everything that I own. I am trusting God over everything and everyone to provide for my needs. And guess what, folks? Ever since I started earning the income for I don't know, I'm 53 now. I think I started working when I was 12 or 11. Picking cherry tomatoes on a farm. I've tithed. And I've given unto the work of the Lord. Every year, we've increased our giving. Whether we were financially compensated by the place that we were employed or not. Why? Because it's to be by faith. We are to trust the Lord by faith if we're going to please Him. See, we can't please God without living by faith. And one of the ways to live by faith is to give sacrificially unto the Lord. So giving to God must start with your attitude, and it's sustained procedurally. Number three, your giving brings results. This answers the question, what happens if I give to God? Your giving brings results. Letter A, your needs will be met. Now, I know that there's a little bit of confusion in America what are needs and what are wants. Many times I will, uh, I've, I've counseled with young couples about getting married, and I'll give them a list of all the things that they, uh, I'll give them a list of all these different things, like air conditioning, second car, big screen TV, uh, and go down the list, and I'll put down there. Now, check off all the needs here that you have to have, and they're checking off big screen TV, they're checking off air conditioning, they're checking off second car, they're checking off vacations, they're checking... The, uh, and I got to look at them, and I, I look at them and say, they're not needs. Pastor, I've got to have air conditioning. No, you don't. You can live without air conditioning. Now, is it more comfortable? Yes. But there are millions of people around the world that live without air conditioning in much hotter climates than we. See, what our needs are and what our wants are, two different things, but I can tell you this, that if you and I, if we give to God... He will meet our needs. God will always meet your needs if you live God's way. Did you hear me? God will always, always, always meet your needs if you live God's way. Always. Proverbs chapter 3, take a look there, verses 9 and 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, 
So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Psalm chapter 37, verses 25 and 26. The psalmist says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Do you realize this morning that how much you sow is a direct result of how much you're going to reap? Matter of fact, even though we sow, we always reap more. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. See, the more that you and I give unto God, the more that we will reap. And I'm not just talking about financially. We always look to it financially. Sometimes God does bless us with finances. But other times, he uses other things to bless us. And sometimes the blessing may not be here. It may be laid up for us there. You know what I found? That there are many times people that are here on earth are extremely rich and wealthy Christians that I know that could help fund the work of God. And I'm thinking, God has blessed you so abundantly, but you have all these toys. You've got all the toys that everybody could ever want. You have all these toys and what are you doing to lay up to be rich towards God? And what I found is many times, not all the time, it's not wrong to be a rich Christian, not at all. Just wrong to keep it all for yourself. And what I found many times, those Christians who are wealthy here on earth are going to be some of the poorest in heaven. And those who are some of the poorest here on earth, <laughs> I think the woman the widow who gave her two mites says she gave she cast in all her living all her living she had nothing else to live on and what did she do she gave it to god see the more that you and i give to god the more that we will reap god will meet your needs but let her be as we give to god your faith will be increased. Your faith will be increased. So these are the results of giving. These are the results of giving. Your needs will be met and your faith will be increased. Take a look at Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. That's the last book of the Old Testament there. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, bring ye all tithes into the storehouse. That's the local church, if you will, the storehouse there. That there may be meat in mine house. Take a look here. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Go ahead and prove me. Go ahead and test me. Go ahead and try me. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, I'm sure that if you're any type of serious Christian that you've thought in some form or fashion about having greater faith in God. And I think every serious Christian would want to say, man, I want to have greater faith in God. Do you know one of the ways that you can have greater faith in God is through your giving? I wonder how many of us 
we will utter from our lips, in God we trust, but it's really in the wallet that we trust. It's in our employment that we trust. See, and to have greater faith in God is to be able to take that step. You say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be obedient unto God. You say, Pastor, well, how can I be cheerful about that? I've never done this, and I'm scared, or I don't know if I can increase. I, I, I don't, you say God loves a cheerful giver. How can I actually be cheerful when I'm not quite sure? I think it's going to, it could be very exciting, not only cheerful, but I think exciting. You'll say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you, and I can't wait to see how you're miraculously going to meet my needs. That's exciting. You know what I'm talking about when God does a miracle in your life, and you're like, man, and this is what we say, right? I can't believe God did that. That's, all, that's an oxymoron. You know that, right? That's incredible that God did that. Like it was something big for him. Huh. See, we can be cheerful because we say, Lord, I'm excited about seeing how you're going to meet our needs. Do you realize I was never concerned about our giving in 2020 at all? I had a lot of people around me that were concerned about it. They were nervous. Oh, well, I just don't know. But I, I just, no, we're, we're going to be fine. What's going to happen with this coronavirus? And, you know, people, God's going to supply the need. God's going to make sure we're all right. Well, what if the people just don't they, don't, they lose their jobs and they just don't give like they used God will take care of us. Look, folks, if God doesn't want this church to exist anymore here in Williamstown, it doesn't matter how much we give. It doesn't matter how much we give. This is his church. This is his work. See, folks, if we're going to give to God... It's going to help us exercise that spiritual muscle. And the more that we exercise that spiritual muscle of faith, the more it grows, the stronger it becomes. It's like anything else. As you exercise physically, you become stronger. And as you exercise spiritually, you become stronger. And let her see what are the results. Your desires will change. Your desires will change. Giving brings, uh, your giving brings results. Your needs will be met. Your faith will be increased. And your desires will change. You are less likely when you give to the work of God the way that you should. If you're giving systematically, you're giving sacrificially, your heart is right, you're giving by faith. You're less likely to be materialistic. You're less likely to be materialistic or to have a materialistic attitude. Take a look at Acts chapter 4, if you would, please, and verse 32. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. They didn't care. 
but they had all things in common. They weren't materialistic. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. Wow. And brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who, uh, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You know what he did? He took his boat, sir. He took his house, sir. He took his land and he sold it and he gave all the profits to the church. We would look at that today and say, man, that guy's crazy. He should have taken that money and invested that somewhere. But we see what happens here. God's blessing was upon them because of it. Take a look, if you will, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. See, their desires were changed because they gave. But, but I think that people would really criticize me as a pastor if I said, maybe some of you, God's blessed financially, you might have some means, and why don't you start praying about selling that and fill in the blank and giving it here to Open Bible to be able to help the work of the ministry. What right does he have to say that? Man, some people, they get really offended about that. Uh, by the way, just a side note, you ought to include Open Bible in your will. You ought to include Open Bible in your will. Don't, don't let your kids just fight over it. They're going to fight and fuss and argue over it. Why? Because as you go out, you need to make sure the gospel goes on. He said, Pastor, you don't have any qualms about speaking on giving, do you? No, I don't. Because it's not about your money. It's about your heart. Every single week, I'm aiming for your heart. I'm aiming for your heart to, to go and witness. I'm aiming for your heart to surrender more to Christ. I'm aiming for your heart to give more unto the work of the ministry. I'm aiming for your heart to be a greater witness. I'm aiming for your heart to be able to serve the Lord. I'm always aiming for your heart. It's always about the heart. God wants you to give. And giving starts with your attitude. It's sustained procedurally. And it brings results in your life. Let me ask you this morning. And I believe everyone in here knows Christ as their personal Savior. But if you don't, this message is not for you when it comes to giving your finances. 
You say, well, what, is, what does God want me to give? Your life. He wants your life. He wants to cleanse you from sin. He wants to have a relationship with you. That's why Jesus Christ came. For God so loved the world that he gave. Have you ever given your life to Christ? Oh, giving to the work of God, that's for the believer. And so for those of you who have given your life to Christ, have you given your heart to him in this area of giving? Hey, folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in him, I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done, is written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible, and then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below, click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.